I don't know when in your life you've ever felt truly desperate, um, but uh, these scenes depict somebody who has. And we, uh, the, the question that they're asking, the, the challenge that they're giving is, do we have eyes to see those around us? Do we have ears to hear you know, their desperation, their pain, um, lostness, those kinds of things? And, then, and when we do, do we really want to engage? And, and I want to look at that this morning for a few minutes, um, both from a personal perspective, you know, our own personal desperation, but then also how do we, how do we respond to others uh, who are in need? And so we're going to do that this morning uh, out of uh, the Gospel of Mark, the 10th chapter. We're going to look at a character in the New Testament uh, named Bartimaeus, Blind Bartimaeus, he's called, and it's another familiar story. But I'm going to give you, um, spoiler alert here, because I'm going to give you the five things out of this passage that I want you to, uh, to remember, I want you to record them, I want you to, whatever you do, write them down, uh, think about them, because it's going to hopefully give us a perspective on this passage that maybe we, uh, we would overlook because it's another one of those stories that's so familiar to us. Um, so here are the five uh, parts of it. You always have to start where you are, all right? You always have to start where you are. Number two, do what you can, uh, and I'll make sense to you in a minute. Choose what you're going to lose. Don't miss your chance, and learn to follow. Those five things, we're going to look at those five things out of the life, uh, out of this narrative, this story uh, of Bartimaeus, this account in the life of Jesus and, you know, we, in, in, the, in the scriptures, they'll give you little headings, uh, you know, like uh, blind Bartimaeus, healing blind Bartimaeus. But this is really a story about Jesus. Uh, Bartimaeus is the benefactor. Bartimaeus gets the, uh, the blessing of it. But this is really a story about Jesus. And so let's look uh, at the story of blind Bartimaeus. And here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read through the story for you. And then we're going to come back. And, uh, and we're going to look at it based on these parts. Is that okay? All right. Uh, here we go. Blind Bartimaeus. And when they came to Jericho, this is referring to Jesus and the crowds and his disciples, he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great, um, and a great crowd. Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was uh, Jesus of Nazareth, he bent, began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried all, out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and he said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying, Take heart, get up, he's calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and he came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight, and he followed him on the way. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a great story. Again, it's a really familiar story. But if we were to think of it in these five points, the very first thing is that we have this scene uh, that it begins with Jesus and this crowd. 
uh, this crowd of people. They came to Jericho. Jericho was about 18 miles northeast of Jerusalem. It's not a very long way, but if you mostly, if most of the population walked, it felt like a long way. And it was also one of the most dangerous roads in all of that region. Um, it was famous for it for robbers and you know and uh, 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 and bandits and people that would come and. Uh, uh, strike at people, individuals, families that were going through that way. But it, this isn't going to happen to Jesus because he's got this massive crowd with him and he's going through Jericho. And as he gets to the end of Jericho with this large crowd of people, and we really don't know how many, but at this point in his ministry, there could have been thousands of people following him. Uh, this massive parade uh, going through Jericho, everyone jostling to be next to Jesus, to be near him, to be around him. Uh, people are there for all kinds of reasons. Some of them want to hear what he has to say because he's gotten famous for the wise things, for the powerful things. Some people want to see, is he really the Messiah? Is he really who he says he is? Uh, other people are just curious. They're kind of following because it's this crowd. It's kind of fun to be part of it. They really don't know what's going on, but they just think it's neat. So they're following along uh, with the crowd. But there's this huge crowd of people, and it, this is an important piece of the story. Uh, because in there, there's a, there's a man named Bartimaeus, and, and it's interesting that Mark wants us to understand that he's the son of Timaeus, because he wants us to make sure that we can distinguish Bartimaeus from other Bartimaeuses uh, that, that they may know, and so we want to, he makes sure that we know who his father is. Now, it's interesting because he wants us to understand that this story really happened, that this is a true story, and if you have any questions about it, it's, Bar, it's Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus. You can go ask him what happened. So he's being very specific about who it is. So here's Bartimaeus. He's a beggar, a blind beggar. He's on the side of the road, and somehow he hears this crowd, this massive movement coming uh, while he is on the road, and uh, he thinks, wow, wh what is this crowd? What's going on? Somebody says it's Jesus that's passing by. Now, Bartimaeus has a couple of choices here that I find really interesting, because if you think about this, you're a blind beggar. The biggest crowd of your whole life is going to pass by. Potentially, the biggest influx of cash, the, the biggest opportunity to really make a big hit uh, the greatest chance you'll ever have of people who want to impress Jesus, they want to impress each other, they're going through uh, the chance of getting a lot of money, having a little bit of security, having a really spectacular day. It's the best opportunity he's ever going to have in his life as this crowd is passing by. There's probably the biggest crowd ever walked through Jer Jericho. So that's one option that Bartimaeus has. The other option Bartimaeus has is that it's Jesus that's passing by. And he's obviously heard stories about Jesus. He's heard that there's been other blind people that Jesus touched and they can see, that there have been people who are lame that Jesus has touched and they walk, and, and that there have been lepers who Jesus has touched and they've been cleansed. And, and suddenly he's thinking about, oh, what happens to me? What's going to happen to me? Do I have a chance that Bartimaeus is so desperate? He's a blind beggar. He, this is the best it's ever going to get for him. This is his only chance that he's ever going to have if he wants to see, could Jesus really be who he says he is? And, and so what we have in the narrative is that Bartimaeus cries out, Jesus 
son of David. Son of David is an Old Testament phrase that always used to refer to the Messiah, to the coming king, that David was the great king, the next king that comes, the next great king that comes to Israel be the Messiah. And so that's a term that was used always to refer to the Messiah. So he says, Jesus, calling out Jesus the man, uh, son of David, Messiah Jesus, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me, please. And he calls out in a loud voice, and people around him tell him to be quiet. They don't have eyes to see what's going on. They don't have ears to hear what's going on. They're, they're kind of consumed with their own deal. Look, this is Jesus. Look at this big group of people. Look at all of this. And you know, I find fascinating is that some of them were there just to see if Jesus would do one of his cool miracles, but they don't make a connection that this blind guy that's calling to him might be the one. And so they're telling him, be quiet. They're telling him not to disturb anybody. You're embarrassing us. Don't say anything else. Look, Jesus is a big time guy. He's a popular guy. He's an important person. Just leave him alone. You're, you're getting in the way. We're all following. Can't you see what we're doing here? We're busy people. But it doesn't stop. So Bartimaeus starts where he is, that he is just a beggar. He has nothing. He has no hope. He's completely dependent on other people uh, to survive. And so where he is is a hopeless, blind person, a beggar. And he starts right there. Uh, and you see, part of our problem is that we don't, we don't, we we don't want to really look at who we are sometimes until we're absolutely desperate. We don't want to look at the needs in our lives until we're absolutely desperate. We don't like to start where we are. We like to start somewhere where people, we think people want to see us or where we want people to see us. Let's start there and then we'll go uh, from there. Bartimaeus started right from where he is. And so I want you to, I want you to think about that. I want you to sort of plant that um, in your mind. You always have to start uh, where, where you are. Bartimaeus could have easily have missed Jesus if he had simply focused on the crowd that was going by that day and, and what they might do financially. But he had heard of Jesus, and so he cries out. In verse 48, they rebuke him, tell him to be silent, but he cried out all the more. He, he ramps it up a notch. He continues to call out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And his voice might have been getting a little higher. It might have been getting a little more hysterical, but, he starts, but he's crying out to Jesus because he is absolutely desperate. There is nothing that's ever worked in his life. There is nothing that's ever given him a chance. And if he is going to have a chance, he's got to try this. I, I mean, he is desperate, but I don't know that he thinks for sure Jesus is going to do something, but he is going to give it his best shot. So he cries out all the louder, Jesus, have mercy on me. That's the second part, do what you can. That when we find ourselves in desperate places in our lives, when we find ourselves where we just don't know where else to go or what else to do, um, who do we call on? Do we call on Jesus? Do we begin to ask him? Do we, in our desperation, plead to Jesus, the Messiah, the King, would you have mercy on me? Would you help me? So he calls on Jesus. In verse 49, it says, Jesus stopped, and he said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying, take heart. Good news, pal. Suddenly, those who rebuked him were changing their tune just a little bit. All right, here you go. This is your chance. Take heart. Get up. He's calling you. 
verse 50 is really interesting because it says, in throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and he came to Jesus. Now, it may not seem all that interesting to you, but I found it fascinating because here's one of the historic facts that, that a lot of scholars believe that if you were a legitimate person with a handicap, you were a legitimate person with a need, that there's sort of a class of beggars and that you might be given a cloak that would identify you as a legitimate beggar. And so people would know that when they gave their money to you, that you really needed it, that you were a legitimate beggar. You weren't just somebody that that's what you thought you'd do for your job. Uh, or that's just something that you did, you know, to get a little extra cash to, you know, go to dinner, go to the movies, whatever it is, but that you were legit, you were really in need. And so you'd get this special cloak and identify you as a, a beggar. Now, uh, that is the case, but there's, there's just also something about uh, his desperation that he threw off anything that might tangle up his feet. He's blind, he can't see. He threw off anything that might encumber him, that might keep him from quickly uh, getting to Jesus. So re- which, whichever it is, he threw off his most valuable possession, his cloak. Uh, cloaks kept you warm, cloaks kept you clothed, cloaks became your blanket and your pillow. Uh, They had many uses in that culture during that time. It was easily the most valuable thing that Bartimaeus had, and he threw it off, he gave up, he knew exactly what to lose, he threw that off to run to Jesus, to get to him as quickly as he could. He didn't want anything to encumber him, he didn't want anything to slow him down, and he was willing to give away the most valuable thing that he owned in order to get to Jesus. Now, that's pretty important. It's pretty critical to us. Think about this for a second. That uh, what are you willing to lose in in order to be healed? What are you willing to lose in order to meet Jesus? Um, Are you desperate enough that you would take the very thing that your identity is the most tied up in, whether that's a work or a relationship or family or whatever it is, to get to Jesus? Have you ever been so desperate that the very thing that you identified with, whatever it is, that you would be willing to throw that off in order to get to Jesus? That's how desperate Bartimaeus was, that he threw off his cloak and he ran to Jesus. And he gets to Jesus. Jesus asks him a fascinating question. He said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And here's the next point. Don't miss your chance. Bartimaeus knew exactly what he wanted Jesus to do. Again, it could get confusing for us because there's this huge crowd of people. What if Bartimaeus had said, you know what, I would, I would, what I would really like is for everybody in the crowd to give me one denarius. I'd be set for life, Jesus. I mean, you think about this huge crowd of people, uh, one, one denarius, about a day's wages. If I got that from every person in this crowd, I'd be set for life. I'd be good to go. That's awesome. This is a big crowd. They, you're the influencer. Tell it, let's do that. Uh, wh- what else could he have asked for? What, what else was there? But he had, already th- he had already chosen what he was gonna lose. He'd already thrown off his cloak. He'd already called Jesus at the top of his lungs with desperation. And when Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? He immediately responded, I want to see. Rabbi, let me recover my sight. I want to see, Lord. Don't miss your chance. If Jesus 
can do this for other people. Bartimaeus must have been thinking, maybe he can do it for me. But whatever it is, I don't want to lose my chance. I don't want to lose this opportunity. This is my one shot at being able to see. This is my one shot at real life. I don't want to miss my chance. Verse 52 says this, and Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. The last thing, the fifth thing, is learn to follow. Everything changed when Bartimaeus was able to see. You see, here's the beauty of this. The very first face that Bartimaeus ever saw was the face of Jesus. And the very next thing that he did was to follow him. He had never been able to see before. He had never been able to take the beauty of a a sunset. Well, so many of you guys posted Arizona sunsets in the last couple of weeks because they're so beautiful this time of year with the monsoons. He'd never been able to witness that. He'd never been able to see that. He'd never been able to experience that. And now he can see. And what does he do when he can see? You know what he does? He makes sure he's not going to lose Jesus. He makes sure he's not going to lose sight of Jesus. He's going to follow him. He's going he's to stick with Jesus. And so here's what we get is that Bartimaeus, who was once as was blind and now he can see, sees Jesus for the very first time and he can't take his eyes off him. And he follows him and he stays with him. You see, when we come out of real desperation, when we come out of that kind of hopelessness and we experience Jesus, we experience his healing, we experience his love, we experience just his attention, then what happens to us is that we can't take our eyes off of him, that we want to follow him. And so we're here this morning, and so many of us, we're not, uh, maybe we're not desperate right now. Life's decent, pretty good. Um, So it's easy for our, it's easy to get distracted. It's easy to find ourselves, rather than Bartimaeus, that I'm really just part of the crowd. I'm kind of going along with the crowd. And I, and I sort of vacillate between points of being curious uh, about God and what he's doing uh, to wanting to f- hear something that's going to make me feel good, that I, I just want to leave feeling uplifted. I, I, you know, don't, don't preach about downers. Don't preach about stuff that's going to make me feel bad. I want to leave here today feeling good. That's why I show up. That's why I'm part of the crowd. Make me feel better. Give me something to sort of boost me in my week, some kind of positive thinking, something like that. So we're part of that crowd that goes along, but the, the killer is, the, the, the challenge for us is that in that we might miss Jesus. We might not see him because we're not desperate because we're just simply rolling with the crowd. I don't know what that looks like for you, but I think one of the great challenges in our lives is that we don't recognize our desperation. We al- we're just comfortable being part of the crowd and we're going along w- with the crowd and it's easy to complain about stuff and it's easy to, to enjoy different things and it's easy to just sort of roll along and see what God does and, and, and just allow things to happen to us, but, we're, but we never really see Jesus. And, in, and not only do we not see Jesus, but when somebody cries out in desperation, it's sort of annoying. I think part of it, the reason it's annoying is because we know that should be us. We know that we should be that desperate. We know we should be that open. We should be that in, uh, sensitive to what's going on in our hearts. But we were just so comfortable being part of the crowd that we are not desperate yet. 
Here's why I want to challenge us this morning. Everything changed when Bartimaeus saw Jesus. And we know that we were blind and now we see. That the, that the blind Bartimaeus, blindness is always a metaphor in the scripture for being lost. It's a metaphor for darkness. It's what the Bible calls sin. It's separation from God. And so whether we think our life is going pretty well or not, one of the things that we have to understand is that without Christ, we walk in darkness. Without Christ, we're blind, and we are completely helpless to do anything about that condition in our lives, that we are completely lost and helpless without Jesus. And yes, we gather things around us that give us some identity. We gather things around us that give us some security. We try all of those things, but all of that is just to cover up the fact that we're blind, that we can't see, that we're we're completely lost and we will live and die that way until we come face to face with Jesus, until we cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me and we allow him to give us sight and in giving us sight, we experience real life. The question is, are we desperate about our own need? Are we desperate about our own blindness? Are we desperate about our own sin? Do we recognize the fact that without Christ, we're completely lost? Yeah, I've got a few things. I've got a few cloaks. I probably have more than Bartimaeus that I can put on me, that I can get some identity, that can get me through with the crowd, that can keep me from looking bad in front of other people. But as the question is, am I blind or can I see? Have, have I become desperate enough that I would call upon Jesus and I would begin to give up all of those things that give, my give me identity, all those things that I think are valuable to me in order to see Jesus, in order to get to him. And the critical thing in our lives is that until we experience that desperation, until we understand that helplessness, it's really hard to let go of stuff. In fact, we get a little bit irritated, we get a little bit annoyed when people keep telling us, you gotta let that go. You gotta get over that. We, and I think, why, why, do, why do Christians always tell you stuff you can't do and you gotta give up and all that? What, what, what does that have to do with anything? But here's what, we're, we're not doing that. Here's what I am saying, is that Jesus wants all of us. Jesus wants our attention this morning. It's not about those things. It's just simply where are my eyes focused? Who has my attention? What's the most valuable thing? Who is the most valuable person in my life? Do I know Jesus enough? Do I see him enough? Am I desperate enough in my life that I would throw off everything in order to be, up, be with him? To allow him to give me sight. Because here's the great test. Once once we've been through that desperation and once we've experienced the, the healing of Jesus, once we see, once we see Jesus, we'll never want to look at anyone else. We'll want to follow him. We'll want to stay as close to him as we possibly can. We'll want to keep our eyes focused on him. That desperation that we've experienced becomes an intensity. It becomes a focus when we experience Jesus, when he has taken us from blindness to sight, when he's taken us from darkness to light, that we will be passionate about keeping our eyes on him because once we were blind and now we see and everything has come into focus and we want to follow Jesus. And so one of the great questions in life for us is simply this that have I ever been desperate enough 
to see Jesus? Have I ever been desperate enough to experience him? Have I ever wanted sight so badly in my life to go from darkness to light that I would be willing to throw off those things that encumber me, throw off those things that would keep me, to allow me to, to allow myself to see Jesus, to allow myself to get to him so that he can give me light, so that he can give me light, uh, so that the byproduct of that, the result of that, is that I really want to follow him. Or am I just in the crowd? Have I become content being in the crowd? <clears throat> you know, it's fascinating because um, it seems like every week somebody wants to talk to me about how desperate the world is getting. Is Jesus coming back? You know, um, how many things are going wrong? And it's, you know, pretty, pretty, I mean, but people are pretty alarmed right now. Um, people are pretty afraid right now. Um, people are wondering things right now. You know, is we're going to have a huge economic collapse, or uh, you know, are we going to, you know, is America going to go down, you know, the drain, and all these kinds of things. And and I get this a lot, and people are wondering. And, and here's the the thing for me that I always say is that you know what Jesus simply wants us desperate. He wants us to understand that without him we have no life. Without him we have no direction. Without him we can't see. And that what he's really looking for are my eyes fixed on him. Because if my eyes are fixed on Jesus, uh, then I trust him that regardless of what happens in the world, I am with him. That regardless of what happens, uh, you know, down the road, that I am in his arms, that I am safe in him, that I can see my way clearly because my eyes are on Jesus and I don't have to worry about what happens in this world because my faith and my trust and my hope is built on Jesus. It's not built on circumstances. It's not built on politics. It's not built on anything that's going on around me. And so it always strikes me when I see, hear this kind of fear and kind of frustration and confusion that it's a great sign that Jesus is saying to his church, I want your attention. I want you. You're so concerned about all of those things around, but that's just where the crowd is going. What I'm really interested in today is getting your attention. I want you to see me, and then I want you to follow me, and I want you to do it with passion, and I want you to do it with love, and I want you to do it with an intensity. I want you every morning to get up, and I want you to pray the great uh, commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbors yourself. Let's focus on that for a while and see what our life looks like. Let's focus on that for a while and see what what happens around us rather than focusing on all those other things that we have no, no control over. I think that's what Jesus is looking for us today. I think that's what he wants us to see. He wants us to follow him. So the question is, have we been so struck by our need for Jesus that we would leave behind our most important symbol of our identity and trust him to heal us? Are we desperate enough to even make ourselves look a little silly like Bar blind Bartimaeus to, to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Are we willing to recognize our desperation and to follow Jesus? You see, following Jesus is a byproduct of really seeing him and realizing that we have life and breath and love and relationship because of him. So what do we do with this? It's a great story, isn't it? Bartimaeus, it's just that the hard part is it's my story and it's your story that, that I live there 
that once I was blind and now I see, but the challenge is that I see so much sometimes, I look around so much that I get my eyes off of the one who gave me sight, I get my eyes off the one who gave me life. And Jesus is saying this morning that I want you to recover a little of that desperation that you need me, you need to follow me, that I'm the only I'm the only one who gives life, I'm the only one that gives hope, I'm the only one that gives you identity and the life that you, uh, that you so desperately need. So what will we do this morning? And I want to leave you with this thought, just this challenge for yourself. Are we, are we Bartimaeus this morning? Are you Bartimaeus this morning, or are you part of the crowd? Are you just in the crowd? And if you're in the crowd, is that enough? Are you, are you willing to settle for just being in the crowd? One moment you're condemning Bartimaeus, then the next moment you're saying, hey, way to go, buddy. You're, he's waiting for you. He's calling for you. We're best pals now. Or are you willing to look at your own desperation, your own need, how lost we are without Jesus, our own blindness, and allow Jesus to give us light? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you, Lord, that your word is true. Your word is good. Uh, Lord, we thank you that uh, you have offered us sight. And Lord, that the first face that we see is you. So Lord, shine your light in our lives. Lord, cause us to become followers of you. Lord, help us to, to recognize our own desperateness, so that, Lord, we might see you. The Lord will give you the praise and the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.